everybody you're listening to, it's all about food. I'm your host, Karen Hartglass. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's going to be a celebration, I promise. <laughs> but before we get started, I want to tell you a little bit about my guest today. John Besky is a longtime veteran of graphic design, advertising, and marketing with stints at a series of large and small advertising agencies, including Leo Burnett and Della Femina McNamee. During this time, he produced print, television, promotional, and retail advertising and design for dozens of companies, including such famous brands as General Mills, Sony, Popsicle, Miller Brewing, and yes, even McDonald's. Eventually, he became disillusioned with the advertising industry and left the agency scene to become an art director for brands he believed were doing good in the world. Shortly after, he co-founded a visionary marketing agency called Sustain that devoted all of its work to building the messaging of nonprofits in the environmental and social justice sectors, including campaigns for Sierra Club, Earth Justice, and the Rainforest Action Network. During the same time, he teamed up with Marla to create the pioneering website Vegan Street in 1998 and open a Chicago chapter of EarthSave International in 1999. In 2005, he left Sustain to form John Besky Communications, which has been building the brands of vegan and ecologically responsible companies and organizations for more than a decade. John Besky Communications has now been folded into Vegan Street Media. Marla Rose is an award-nominated journalist, columnist, public speaker, recipe developer, and author, as well as event planner. Since leaving her job in humane education in 1998, Marla has dedicated her life to building vegan culture and community, and today she writes most of the content for Vegan Street. In 1999, Marla was the founding chairperson of EarthSafe Chicago, which hosted dozens of monthly potlucks, each featuring speakers, and produced five major day-long vegan conferences called the Conference for Conscious Living, which ultimately evolved into Chicago Vegan Mania, which was a popular free festival for 10 years. In 2009, she and her partner John Besky were awarded Activists of the Year by Mercy for Animals and won Green America's People and Planet Award in 2015. For the past several years, she has been writing feature stories for magazines and has spoken at the Green Festival, Animal Rights Conference, Vegetarian Summerfest, and many other conferences and festivals. She is a frequent writer for Veg News Magazine, a writer of feature stories, and author of several books. Welcome to It's All About Food, John and Marla. Hey, hey, Karen. Hi, Hi, Karen. Hi, you are two of the most awesomest people on the planet. I resonate with all of your work, and we're going to dive into that. But before we do, can we just take a moment to mention Dr. Karen Davis of United Poultry Concerns, who unfortunately lost her battle with cancer recently, and she is no longer with us. But she has done such tremendous work focusing on birds, primarily. I know. I, you know, I, I was thinking of the significance of her passing in November, you know, this month that was a month of huge advocacy for United Poultry Concerns and Karen, and also of massive sorrow, you know, for, you know, I'm getting teared up already, Karen. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I've met Karen before, and I didn't know her on a personal level, although she did help me like with some fact checking for an article I was writing before, and I've met her before at speaking engagements. I loved how fearless she was, how little she regarded 
the sort of the hierarchies within the animal rights movement of like who were the people to worship and who were the people <laughs> like she platformed herself and her message. And I feel like she was maybe the first real voice that took the lives of birds in a serious way. You know, like, I feel like, I don't know if you feel the same way, Karen, but like, it kind of, it seems like our care for animals, even among vegans, kind of goes from like, the larger animals, um, or this quote unquote, more dignified animals like, you know, whales and dolphins and then larger animals with big eyes like cows. And she was asking for kindness for these beautiful birds. And I just I think she was such a just a powerful and forceful person. I like to joke sometimes. It's (laughs) not really a joke, but some people say, they're vegetarian. And I say, yeah. oh, yeah, you eat the feathered vegetable and the scaly vegetable <laughs> because we don't consider birds and fish in the same place as we do mammals like cows and pigs, even though we don't treat cows and pigs very well either. Right. But, <laughs> That's for sure. but some people will say, oh, I don't eat beef. You know, I don't eat pork. But right. oh, the feathered vegetable is OK. Right. I did have the opportunity to meet with Karen a number of times on a personal level. We would have lunch in New York when she was here. And it's it's always a wonderful thing to connect with these powerhouses, these amazing activists, fearless who have done yeah. tremendous work and then just sit with them and have lunch and break bread, as we like to say, and see that, you know, they're they're soft and gentle yes. and real. Because and- of course they are, right? That's what got them into this to begin with. You're absolutely right. It's like every time I've met one of these people, like a Karen Davis or a Carol Adams in person, I'm, I, and I shouldn't be, but I'm always taken aback by what huge human, you yeah. just, what beautiful animals they are. <laughs> Right. Karen was just a definition of resilience and resolve. I mean, she just, nobody I've ever known walked her talk like she did. It influenced a lot of my thinking. It's kind of interesting at Vegan Street, you know, our token animal from the very beginning has been the chicken. <laughs> and true. in fact, a hen, you know. Yes. So it's it's that has been we feel that, you know, they're the most abused animal in the world and someone needs to speak for them. And I mean, Karen did an amazing job. You know, we felt a little help. So we did what we can and we do what we can to Mm -hmm. sort of talk. You guys remember, I'm sorry, when she was on This American Life years ago with Ira Glass and Mm. uh, this is maybe 20 years ago or more. And I think they thought it was going to be a joke. Like, we're going to go out and meet this kooky old lady or whatever in Virginia with her or wherever, you know, with her. With her birds. And she, because she was such a smart person. She wasn't, you know, just, I mean, she was a professor. She was like highly educated. And they really honestly thought this was the days before the internet. And I mean, prominence of the internet. And they really thought they were going to go out there and make fun of this woman. She got Ira Glass to really think about what he was making fun of with their whole turkey programming. And, you know, wow. and I, just, I was so. I remember that. that was yeah. Yeah, if anyone gets a chance to look up that old episode, it's really remarkable. And the other thing I was going to say, but it's like back when I was a newbie, 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 like before we even started Vegan Street, I remember reading an article of hers, I believe in a magazine 
And I remember her using the phrase rhetoric of apology, that vegans and animal rights people should not use a rhetoric of apology in their advocacy. And by that, she meant like saying, don't worry, it's not going to happen overnight or, you know, that kind of thing that just sunk into my bones in such a visceral way that like even as a newbie vegan, that was just so deeply absorbed by me. And I just always use that as a guiding light. She was a masterful woman. Yes. Okay. well, thank you, Karen (laughs) Davis, for everything that you have been and done for this planet. We will miss you. Your work will live on. I've got all the chills. Now, let's <laughs> move on to John and Marla, two other amazing activists who've been walking the walk for more than a quarter of a century. We're celebrating mm-hmm. 25 years with Vegan Street. Go. We started as a segue, you know, Karen Davis was one of the people who got me to understand that eggs were not harmless. And, you know, through that, that, you know, dairy also wasn't harmless, that leather and wool and all those things uh, had victims. So when we started Vegan Street all those years back, it launched, I believe, October 15th, 1998. John, is that right? We started Vegan Street. Yeah.com. We launched the website in 1998. Right. And we Uh, just kind of wanted to, we wanted to create on this, like this was before social media, before things got real messy. Right. (laughs) And there was really the sense of, wow, this, this vast world out there that like we used to leaflet and maybe reach like 30 people in the future. Of course. (laughs) Oh goodness. So much paper. So much paper and so few people, like so much, so much bang for so little buck. And here is this opportunity to show to the world this community that we were going to will into being, you know. And so that was kind of it's a, a tiny bit of just a teeny bit of backstory leading up to that. We became vegan together in 1995, February 1st. I remember the day Marla Mm -hmm. called me up. She was at work at an animal shelter and she said, John, we need to be vegan. And I'm going, okay. And that was pretty much how it worked. Uh, (laughs) But we were both, you know, well on that path. And Marla has more to say about that. But the thing that was interesting at the Mm -hmm. time was that the term vegan and animal rights activists were basically as synonymous as any two words in the English language. Right. And we just, that's what there was. There was an animal rights group and we joined that right away. And and <laughs> and then there was this time came up, I think it was 1996. And there was the, the Great American Meat Out, uh, which was this big thing that was done by the farm. I think it was farm, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the way it was celebrated, I, I don't want to say celebrated, but in Chicago was it, all these animal rights activists would gather at the downtown McDonald's and put their bloody PETA posters up and all that kind of stuff. And we said, <laughs> I just don't want to do that. It's so reactive. Let's be proactive. Let's try to do something. We decided we wanted to do a vegan action, just Marla and I. And so we built Marla a costume out of, you know, sort of a mortarboard kind of a. There's like a placard. You know, like, thing uh-huh. that he's wearing, but it was shaped like a giant burger. And it said Valerie Veggie Burger across the front of it. And we stood about a block away from the regular protesters <laughs> and handed out recipes and all these and, and right. just information. And people, we 
had enough money to print 200 flyers and we handed them all out in an hour and people were loving to see us and they stopping and have conversations. And I just thought, you know what? Being vegan is proactive. You're, you're building something, you're creating something. Animal rights is reactive. You're trying to fight these horrible things that are happening. And in order to stop all these things from happening, the best thing to do is to make everybody vegan. So that was kind of our <laughs> background. I do think that, like, you know, we definitely understand the importance of protesting and raising awareness. It's not all like peace and love and cupcakes. If you know, okay. But like, I and I, I do want to clarify that when we stood away from other people, it wasn't in disrespect we love those are our friends you know but we were just doing something different and we met up with them afterwards but like i remember you know in our flyers that we were passing out to people the chicago diner agreed that they would give us that we could print coupons that that were part of the flyer for like i think it was like a free veggie burger or something like that so it It was like half price or something like that but yeah. yeah But they gave us a coupon and then we also had a recipe because they didn't have them in the stores yet, you know. And so we did a recipe and then we did, you know, here's a little thing about why being vegan is a good. But then it became this thing where like we were giving people something. So they wanted it and it just like reframed the whole engagement with the people we encountered, you know, and yeah. Well, your work resonates with me. I agree to be proactive and positive and joyful. And so I've loved everything you've done. (laughs) I don't know how many people are familiar with your work. They should be. John, you're like the master of memes now. And (laughs) I, (laughs) I have to say, I'm not a fan of memes for many reasons. (laughs) And that's because we're such a polarized community right now. And a meme is a great way to just draw people to your side without seeing the full picture. You know, we've become such a soundbite, fast information community. And it's, It's devastating. It's going to kill us. But your memes (laughs) are at the apex of memes because in a small space, it's organized, it's well-designed, it's skilled, crafted, and you get the meat of the message. And yeah, it's fact. It's not, well, it shouldn't be polarizing. It's just information. Right. You know, we've done something like between 1,215 and 1,300 of these things. So we're coming at it from every single angle. In every case, we try to say sometimes very, very complicated information and put it in the simplest form possible. And having, uh, I was an ex-advertising art director, so we had to learn to simplify everything down to the simplest possible way. And then I'm such a, a lover of great design of any kind. So I try to, uh, you know, epitomize that myself as much as I can. But yeah, we thank you. But we do. And we we very carefully source everything. And, you know, we don't just say early on, we made a mistake once and we used information that we got, but it was wrong. And uh, we got just so hammered for that. that After that, we become (laughs) very, 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 very careful. The reason why we, well, not the reason why, we were probably going to do this anyway, but we revived Vegan Street. So like Vegan Street was operating from 1998 until around 2003, 2004. And then we took this long hiatus where we kind of were working on different things. We kept the URL. 
right working raising money you know uh starting festival <laughs> but then we brought it back in 2013 and part of the reason why was i was seeing so many bad memes from vegans <laughs> that were like misinformed or fat shaming or yeah. um cruel or just like there's no point to it you know um or manipulative and so when i first explained you know, John, like, I think that we really need to step into this space as Vegan Street and, you know, create, you know, raise the bar for that kind of communication. And whether we like memes or not, whether we like I'm a, a fan of long form articles, I love reading books and stuff like that, but we have to adapt to society and technology, unfortunately, sometimes, but that is how a lot of people are getting their information. So I said to John, I think we need to, um, you know, get revive vegan street. And when we do, we have to create memes that are credible, that are well-designed, you know, and he's like, what's a meme? And so I said, it's, it's an ad basically. Right. right. That's right. You know, that's how I look at it. Yeah. Right. It's an ad. I used to do print ads. I used to, I used to do tons of ads for magazines and newspapers. And, and there was a, you know, I, I tried to apply those same standards to the meme. Right. It's the same thing. It's a, it's a shape that has stuff in it. And, <laughs> and you know, in a picture and a, it is an ad. And I don't think people realize that because ads are manipulative. Right. And right. so many of the memes we see are there solely to manipulate. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we want to manipulate ours, too, but we're, are, we're, are, but we're there, doing it with truth. I'm a propagandist. I'm not going to. I mean, one of the decisions we made early on is uh, we are not going to um, be using images that are um we're not shying away from the horrors inflicted on the animals but we're also not going to um there there can be this almost like i don't i'm probably going to word this incorrectly but almost like a pornography of blood and and trauma and in in some of the images you know what i'm saying of, yeah. of like shock value and we are very aware of the animals who were, and, and I, I don't doubt people's intentions behind creating those. They want to open eyes and wake people up. But to me, that is degrading, you know, and uh -huh. we want, and, and it also makes people shut off their phones and walk away. You yeah, know, they, don't, they feel assaulted, you know, and it's like, yes, they need to have their eyes open, but like, you know, that kind of uh, an assault is not is going to make them hate the messenger, you know, and we don't need that. Now, Marla, you're a writer and you have offered many articles on Vegan Street and your blog and on Medium. Over a thousand. Over a thousand. And what I love about your writing is you're fearless and you say what you feel but you do it in a way that's very articulate mm, so you. there are many shades of vegan these days right. <laughs> <laughs> vegans for health vegans for shade. the environment <laughs> vegans for animals we have vegans that are abolitionists and we have <laughs> welfareist vegans there are many different kinds 
and you comment about a lot of this. Mm-hmm. Do you have some? Uh, do you have some favorite ones, where you just had to? Oh, vents! Just uh, totally yeah. vents. <laughs> well. You know, one of the things I wrote early on, I think it's in the book, I don't remember, is is when um I I can't remember the title of it off the top of my head, but it's it's it, it, I think it's called the slippery slope of nutritional surveillance. When other when you're posting your vegan meal and other vegans jump in and say, Oh, is that I have gluten? Oh, that looks too fattening. Oh, oh, I only eat salad. You know, and the fact is, if somebody's posting a first of all, it's none of your business. End of story. You know, yeah. second of all, it's vegan. STFU. <laughs> Third of all, it is one meal in a lifetime of meals. The idea that somebody extrapolates from that. That's just like it's just such a extremist mindset that I think the internet maybe somehow fosters i don't know but it's like you see one picture of somebody's veggie burger and then oh my god you eat you know so much processed and then if you post salads then people are like you're not helping make it more easy you know it's like we need to give each other a little more benefit of the doubt i feel like we have way more in common than we have that's not as you said karen like there's so many colors so many varieties of vegans today. It used to be like kind of all one. <laughs> yeah. you know, for better and, we, or for worse. and we knew everyone, but not anymore. <laughs> yeah, back then. <laughs> yeah, it's good that we have a big tent, but a big tent means that we have Republican vegans, which is upsetting. We have vegan you know, vegans. Like we have vegans who are apolitical. We have vegan, you know, it's like it is really like the whole gamut and so i do feel like you know that social media and the internet has has its advantages and its disadvantages so we're using it for almost free advertising although there are platforms that are trying to change that with their (laughs) algorithms and how they wait how how well your message is seen and if you pay more you'll be seen more and that's kind of frustrating now but there's the dark side too where it's given everyone this platform either to be a star (laughs) in their own world uh, or just to say whatever they want there's no there's no tact. There's no grace. Right, there's right. no I mean, what politeness all- anymore. And, and you know, I respect people's pages. You know, if somebody has right. a Facebook page, I'm not going to go shit all over it. <laughs> unless, <laughs> unless they open it up to questions. Exactly. Well, so, yeah. you know, like a friend of mine recently said, do you prefer your turkey dry or oh, un- yeah. undercooked? You know, and I said, I want them alive, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, it's true. It's like, I, I don't know if we, that's the, the, I operate the same way. Um, as long as it's not harming others, then I, I have, I don't care if someone likes raisins and I don't like raisins, you know? <laughs> Like if somebody like, you know, but like yet, if somebody posts a picture of their salad and it's got raisins on it, all of a sudden there's like all the, you know, so I feel like 
we could all stand myself included i check myself about a million times a day to like do we all all need to have all these opinions about other people's lives that when they're not harming anyone else you know and i just i do feel like you're absolutely right there's this polarization and this kind of amplification of of separation that yeah, happens. And I think another thing too is that there's this I don't it's a kind of a fear of missing out where people are seeing these conversations and they go, Oh, I should say something. I don't really have anything to say. So maybe I'll just whine about it. You know, <laughs> and I think that's what it really is for a lot of people. They just they there's this thing where everybody's talking i need to be part of this i need to be heard but i don't really have anything positive to add to this so maybe i can just mess it up i want to bring this i want to bring this back to a celebration of vegan street yeah (laughs) because the work that you're doing is joyful for the most part not talking about a a subject that's very very difficult Mm -hmm. and you're offering art and craft wonderful recipes, great stories, and memes that we can uh, resonate with and share. And I support that. And we're living in a very difficult society. And I think social media, especially, maybe maybe people are bored. Maybe people are afraid. And this is their like release or they're out. And you and I, we we have to have thick skins when it comes to yeah. all of that, right? Because you can't you can't take in all of yeah. these insults yeah. and the bullying. You have to, you have to as Michelle would say, go high. Yeah, that's uh-huh. very true. And I think, like I, you know, I have theories about it, but I think, like, what it is is people are seeking connection desperately. You know, you know whether they identify it as connection or not you know it's just like i want to be heard i want community and there like you know for better or for worse and i think for the most part it's for better most of us don't have to live with our family of origin like we did for you know thousands of years we you know um but that also means we don't have the best parts of that you know we don't have a built-in um support structure you know like granted again many of us myself included came from families that I was eager to move <laughs> distance myself from but I do think we still seek community we still seek safety we still seek um to be heard and to intimacy you know and sometimes it comes off in these various different ways but like to your point, Karen, I was just going to say, like, the other day, I don't know why or how this happened, but a post of mine went really cuckoo. Like, um, it wasn't a vegan post, but it it was, uh, like, a, you know, progressive, uh, you know, post against, against um, Moms for Liberty. Is that what it's called? Anyway, uh, the ones who are, like, taking all the books out of schools. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, anyway. Uh, somehow or another, it just got widely seen and shared. And it was just a, a picture, I'd, you know, I, I'd shared with a like three letter caption to it. Yup. Anyway, I decided just out of curiosity, I'm going to open my privacy settings so that anyone can comment. You know, I usually have it. 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Karen just grin at like grimace, <laughs> but cringe grimace. <laughs> but so I just had an experiment just to see what happened. There were a lot of supportive people, a lot of great people. I got called a groomer like a hundred times at least. Uh, it, it was. <laughs> So wow. just like, you do need to. And I immediately the next day closed my settings back up. There's some scary people out there. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they, they are scary. Yeah. There are scary people out there, but some of them aren't even real. Yeah. I absolutely. know that's the thing is probably just a bunch of Russian bots. Whatever. <laughs> Who knows? Yes. But you know, okay. that's the thing about being a vegan is that all these people are sort of, well, now I'm being canceled. I mean, blah, blah, blah. Well, we're canceled from day one. <laughs> we canceled ourselves. <laughs> we, we canceled ourselves. We've been canceled by everybody. <laughs> We've been called every name in the book. Um, and so you learn to kind of live with that and even love it. You, know? you do develop it. I, and I think that, Karen, to your point, I think that that is an aspect of old school vegans. And that's partial. That's maybe part of why I'm so partial to old school vegans is we all did kind of go through this period of being disliked by our uh, co-workers, being estranged from our families and friends, perhaps if, you know, um, of ordering quote unquote weird food at restaurants, <laughs> you, it it makes you develop a real um, thicker skin about things that matter and things that don't. And the people who matter to you will make room for you in your life. If you're not doing anything to harm others, you know, if you're just being vegan in the world, you know, we all went through an obnoxious phase as vegans. Uh, you know, mine lasted for a couple years. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, absolutely. You know, yeah, but you know, I think as long as I, I think it's a good thing to keep your channels open as much as you can, as long as people are being respectful, you know. So I want to talk about not only all the great work you've done, but where you see yourself going from from now to into the future. Things are continually changing. We're always looking for how can we get our message out more effectively? And I think it's it's a challenging message, what we have, but it's extra challenging because you're going about it presenting this, this message with light and joy. And what seems to appeal to a lot of people is sensational stuff. Right. Because as a that social media... That appeals to the media and in the social media... The That's social the media more, aspect. You know, the yeah. more obnoxious you are, the more likely it's going to be. More true. engagement. Try, it is really. You try to do something yeah. positive. Mm -hmm. And so. Exactly that. And you disappear. That's why people go down that road is like you disappear if, you know, if your um, hosts aren't, aren't inflammatory enough, you know. And, and like, I think that like, if you build an audience that does, that does expect you to be more nuanced and friendly and welcoming, then you're fine. And I've tried to do that, you know, but I don't feel like I need to stoop to like dramatics, you know? Um, but yeah, that is the challenge is like, you know, we're all, it, I, and I'm, it sounds arrogant and I don't mean for it to, or selfish. We're all trying to be seen. We're all trying to get this work 
out there in the world? Because we know that all these different ways that we can communicate reach different people in different significant ways. You know, it's like vegan streets messaging may not be, uh, you know, the cup of tea for somebody else out there, but MFAs might, or this person, you know, UPCs might, you know? And so we, we're all struggling to find ways to be heard, you know, quite. Yeah, and I mean, one of the things that we've done because we produce so much work, you know, we produce thousands of things and, and put, you know, the essays and the recipes and the memes and the vegan living tips and the, all that kind of stuff. We've done so much of that that we've come at it from every possible angle that we can imagine. And we both have pretty good imaginations. So, um, and so, but back to your original question, you know, what's going on for the future is- uh, <laughs> That was the original question. Of, as we've kind of touched on the, uh, you know, social media algorithms are not working anymore and it's not going to change <laughs> and that's not going to change it's going to probably get worse if anything and and so what we're trying really hard to do is we're we're kind of rethinking veganstreet.com which it always kind of was as a sort of an inspiration education uh Building some kind of a site, which is more of like a static thing to right. uh, give vegans and vegan curious people a place to go to to like resources and yeah. enlightened and all that. So, so now, actually, we've been working on this for almost two years, and and it's it's such a hurdle. But um, we're building a new, completely different site called Root Riot. And we're keeping Vegan Street alive. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. And it's 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 all based on building community. And we're going to be using like old-fashioned message boards. We're going to be using Zoom calls. We're going to be using all these ways. And the idea is to get activists and others to just connect with each other. It's a lot of networking. It's going to be a lot of classes. You can study, you know, you can... Uh, get a chef demo. You can get a um, that we'll be having someone giving lectures about this and that. And you know, part of it's going to be free, part of it's going to be paid for, but everybody's going to have a voice. And uh, uh, not everybody. Oh, not every. Okay, so yeah, we decided. Sorry, yes, that's true. Uh, I beg have, to differ. Trolls yeah, won't have a we, voice. We have, <laughs> exactly. Great. In fact, I can't wait to draw the logo for this, but um. <laughs> A troll-free zone. No trolling. Yeah. yeah. No troll. Um, no troll. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I, I mean, like, like, I could imagine a listener hearing this and going like, okay, that sounds great, but, like, what makes it different from, like, uh, you know, it'll be great for a couple months and then all the mean people will show up and start shaming people <laughs> and trolls will start baiting us. And we're, I think the best... Facebook groups uh, are the ones that are where the the admins have a heavy hand in um, making sure that there's not provocation, there's not people being mean to each other, there's not hate speech, certainly, you know, and we prioritize um, 
a community that is welcoming uh, and progressive over free a free speech zone. If you want that, create something else. We're we're not a place where people can spread disinformation, where people can uh, spread bigotry or anything like that. It is you know we're still figuring out the mechanics of exactly how that would work, and we don't want it to become this like little bubble. But we also feel like you know I remember the old days of. You know, when you just started connecting, like we just kind of want to bring back the best of the Internet. Yeah, I'm remembering some 20 plus years ago, the forums that we used to have on a variety of websites that were promoting specific things. And then Facebook took it over. Mm-hmm. And and it's very nice that Facebook is there and has all these different groups, but it's run by a corporation that mm-hmm. does things we don't believe in or support. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. now we can take advantage of all the extra new bells and whistles in technology and mm-hmm. bring it back to where mm-hmm. we want it to be. I like that. These uh, yeah, community forums. Like, right. I mean, the problem is that we're, we're, you know, I'm an artist, she's a writer, and we're not, neither one of us are real computer programmers or that (laughs) kind of stuff. So we're kind of having to go way outside of our comfort zone to do this. I think think it's it's necessary. I think it has to happen. And there's a time where you find that you have, you suddenly realize you're in a place you can do something about it. And then you can't not do that. You have to do it. That's always been a little bit of an aside because it's just an idea that Marla had like a week ago and it (laughs) exploded. But um, we just, Marla had this idea, you know, okay, so we run a little pantry out in front of our house. It's a little free pantry. It's called a little free plant powered pantry. We give away about two or three hundred dollars worth of food every month. And we have a, we have a little community of people who are helping us do that you know we're paying some of it ourselves but we're getting community help us out marla just had this idea like right before halloween she said why don't we give away a bunch of free thanksgiving dinners to people (laughs) i mean anybody else suggesting that it would be absurd but Mm -hmm. we're like wait a minute we have what we need to be able to do this marla was able to connect with the local chef who's willing to build all these we realized we just That's had awesome. to, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, $1,100 or something to pull this off. And it would be 20 dinners for four for thir- 20 different families. And I'm going to let Marta talk a little bit. Yeah, more. it's just like 80, 80 people will get, uh, you know, and I know from just our experience with the little free plant powered pantry that there is a lot of hunger. I mean, it's like we live in the suburbs, but, you know, not it's you know, there's some affluence and there's you know, some that's not, but uh, I think people at the beginning were like, why are you putting a pantry in a suburb? Uh, we're an inner ring suburb. Or, yeah, exactly. That, but like, I'm shrugging my shoulders here. Oh, why? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> like people are, aren't hungry in the suburbs. There are hungry people uh-huh. and there are really grateful people who, you know, and I would say we probably distribute more, not that I'm keeping count on it, but um. But, you know, people donate to the GoFundMe for the Little Free Pantry. And then we we go to Aldi and we get pasta, we get veggie chili. Now I can start getting potatoes and stuff, you know. Um, and, cool off and we can put them out there. 
Right. Mil- you know, shelf stable milks and stuff like that. So anyway, the idea is like that, that I've always wanted to work in some capacity in a, in a nonprofit way with getting vegan food to people, uh, not just symbolically through like recipes or whatever, but literally. And so um, this is, you know, the, 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 Thanksgiving is just the natural extension of it. It's like this woman came to me because she wanted to build a box in her yard and she lives one town over. Her name is Kiana Carswell and she has a business called Chicago Style Vegan. Anyway, she uh, reached out to me about that and I I was in the midst of like trying to figure out how am I going to reach out to all. I was thinking originally like reach out to all these companies and get coupons for their cheeses and their, you know, roasts and stuff. Right. And it was just becoming like, they're, they're all so overwhelmed and everyone's struggling right now. So I just reached out to, I just got back to Kiana and I was just like, what do you think about this idea? And she's like, (laughs) so so we just started, um, you know, she put together three sample menus. And so anyway, we, we just put up the box, for people to sign up for it yesterday. Yeah, I mean, we put up a big poster in our front <laughs> yeah. yard, and we and and inflatable boxes <laughs> were full of forms in the box to put the forms into, and a big inflatable turkey to sort of draw attention to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And um, we just did this yesterday. Got it up in the early afternoon, and by the end of the day, we have four people to you know four requests already for families. You know, and so we're wow. I mean seeing, on a Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, on a Sunday. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, obviously we're going to keep the pantry continuing that that work while we're doing this other stuff. But um, it's just it's exactly it just feels exactly right. You know what I mean, Karen? I know you know it. (laughs) I I think it's a wonderful thing. And you had this idea and you had to do it. Uh, So many people need help. Yeah, I do want to I do want to include a caveat here that um, it depends on where you live, but there are places where you cannot give out free food. There are places where you cannot give people meals. It's crazy. It's insane. But just where you are, make sure you know what's allowed. One of the first things we did was get our aldermen involved. Well, yeah, the first thing I did was like reach out to the aldermen, make clear in my email, this is not food that... uh, is going to go bad. These are all shelf stable items, you know. Right. Uh, and and also, and he was really into it because it's something for him to brag about in his ward, you know. But um, but the other thing is that Kiana is, you know, she has a catering license, she has an inspected kitchen, all that stuff. So yeah, 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 yeah. That's really, really these important. are details that you know are and it's also we're not just handing this out. I mean, we're not just putting these baskets in the pantry. Right, we're this is going to be dealt with. Where we're going to either deliver it to these people, or they're going to come to our house, and we'll have that in the house and giving it to them. Right, the day before Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah, but you're absolutely right. I remember years ago, I had a lemonade stand with my son, and we got shut down. (laughs) Right, insane. Yeah, right. It was just like, do you have a, you know, a license? (laughs) But it's like a five-year-old kid with his lemonade stand. Yeah, it, we, oh, he well, was like, so heartbroken. Yeah, I don't think he really understood what was going on. <laughs> but yeah, I I think that you know if there's anything that 
John and I have done, I think that you're the same way, Karen, is we just kind of follow where our hearts lead. You know, it is in the, this is the next thing and this is the next thing. And it's not in a flaky kind of flighty way, but like, you know, this interests me, you know. <laughs> and- I think um, I remember, John, you telling me this when we spoke last week, I think, about how you want to save the world. I think it's a beautiful thing. And we all, uh, many of us activists come with that sort of motivation, but we really have to frame it for our own sanity and well-being. Um, to do what we are motivated in, as individuals to do, to bring our skills and our talents forward and to, to to participate in this great challenge that we have, but we can't do everything. No, I mean, exactly. it really is. It's, it's, it's uh, you know, being a vegan is, to quote a overdone song, is to dream the impossible dream. You know, you can't. You can't possibly do what we're hoping. In fact, back to the whole thing that we started at, I, when we started, I didn't think we'd be this far along by now. I mean, I think- oh, with the vegan world. Food in all yeah. of the stores and right. people talk about us differently. Right. I mean, everything was derision, derision, derision. And now- it's, you know, it's not a bad eye. It's fine for you. You know, you can do that. And, you know, there's a lot of people who are curious. Uh, and and that's like, yeah, I, you know, a lot of people food. will just say, oh, you know, I've, I've really cut down on my meat intake. And, you know, I've, mm-hmm. I really enjoy putting, you know, veggie burgers on the grill. And, yeah, and, I get that yeah. the most. It's kind of like a guilty an apology. Like yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a lot better. But yeah. 20 <laughs> years ago, you couldn't have imagined that. No. No, but that's no. part of the the whole aspect of I don't even remember where I was going with that. Yeah. But my point is, you know, I'm already thinking about the fact that we will probably, you know, oh, I know what it was. Real quick, that's part of why we want to create Root Riot is for people who are genuinely curious and will be able to discern that through how they're communicating with us, and have them have a space that's not filled with angry vegans who are going to chastise them and, or, you know, trolls who are going to be like, why would you want to do that? <laughs> but the and, other and we can is- be building little brain trusts and little, you know, groups of people together who will be able to say, Hey, I'm in Sacramento. Are you in Sacramento? Let's right. do yeah, that. I mean, like, I know mm-hmm. that we're, we're idealistic, but we're also, you know, we're also pragmatists. We kind of, you know, kind of in that middle area you know we we know that it's not going to be all hunky-dory just because (laughs) it's something different but i do think that if if you're you know mindful of what can go wrong and just really intentional about what you want to create you can you can do that but the other point i was going to make is i can already sense with the pantry and with the thanksgiving that there's going to be way more demand than we can fill And I'm already feeling bad about like the drop in the bucket aspect of it. And I think that that's part of what vegans deal with every day is like maybe maybe you got somebody to consider not having meat at every meal, but that's just a drop in the bucket, you know, and you but know, it takes a lot of drops to fill the bucket yes, and you're participating with a few drops. <laughs> but if really you is. don't add your drops, here's a few things know. that I like about where you're going with all of this. Number one, there have been reports 
talking about charitable giving and what people donate to. And unfortunately, a lot of the smaller grassroots organizations are not getting the contributions that they used to. I'm not sure how it's working with Patreon. It's the bigger groups that have algorithms and statistics that show how well they're doing and how they're using your money. When it comes to veganism, some of these big groups that are doing very well, I'm not in line with because they're, they're more welfare related. They're not abolitionist related. They're, they're moving very slowly with bigger cages rather than no cages, you know, these metaphors and, 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 and just real reality. But they're the ones that are getting a lot of the funding. And the ones that have more funding are able to hire more people to get out there more and and, um, enhance the algorithm so that they get more attention. Okay. And then another small piece of that is the investment community that is investing in these highly processed, crazy almost Franken food or vegan. (laughs) And, you know, we have plenty of evidence now that it's not going to keep Um, people from eating animals. uh, Yeah. I think it's, which is supposed to be the motivation, but at the same time, I'm I'm still in this same thought here. Uh, When at the same time with the internet, And the pandemic helped with this, unfortunately, is we are getting so far away from communities and far away from connection. Yes. Uh, So all of these things are playing together. Yes. And what I like about what you're doing is you're kind of finding a way to bring back community, bring back the grassroots, because the change comes from the grassroots. Absolutely. And, and, and maybe bring it back a little bit to the way it used to be. But in, you know, what you call it 1.0, 2.0, 3.0 in a new way for the 21st century. Did I make sense? Well, there? I mean, that is beautifully said. And I think that like, the point is we're not we're not trying to pretend that social media doesn't exist. We're not trying to say, you know, um, that that newer technologies don't exist or anything like that. We're not trying to you know, bury our heads in the sand. What we are trying to do is just create a more beautiful space on the internet. And, and you know, we believe that it is in-person and virtual that they both can complement each other. I can't see my family in Texas all that often, but I can Zoom with them. But just because it's tech, it doesn't mean we are not connecting and we're not better for having connected in that way. So like we see the the pitfalls of technology. It's not going to solve everything, but it is a complement to, you know, engagement, to community, to finding friends. I mean, some of, the, I mean, honestly, some of my best friends are people I met online, you know, and yes. Yeah. So I've like, met the- people across the yes. oceans that I yes. never met in person and I adore them. Yeah, exactly. And they're genuine friends. Like the first time I experienced that with vegan street in its original 1.0 form was like this little, this teenage boy in, uh, where was he from John? It was like Uruguay. Uruguay. Yeah, Uruguay. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I was <laughs> combining two countries there. Uh, Uruguay was messaging me and he was like, I'm vegan. I'm like the only vegan around me. And we, touch base like a few times a, a month you know maybe twice a month I don't know whatever happened with him I hope he's great but 
bring back that sense of magic of connection. We don't all have to be cynical and hating each other and ready to like character assassinate. We can. Okay. We're getting close to the end of this program, believe it or not. And we could talk for hours and maybe we should bring this back another time and continue. But I have one more thing I want to say, and then I want to open it up to John, who I'd, I want to hear a little bit more from. Well, here's one of the things I want to say. I don't know, Marla, if you've written about this or if you've memed about this, John. Right now, the world feels very dark. And I know that we've had wars and we've had violence th- throughout human history. But now it especially feels closer to home somehow. Mm-hmm. And I keep thinking when I see all this insanity on social media and people taking sides. I keep thinking, what about the violence in your own life? We can't control so much of what's outside, but we can control what's in our home. And so many people, three meals a day include so much violence. And I don't know how to get that across, but, you know, I think we would be a lot less violent society if we weren't taking advantage of the non-human animals that we slaughter all the time for our moment of gratification. And I mean, this is something that we have tried to address from every different angle, Um, from everything from, you know, zoonotic diseases causing pandemics to, you know, all the violence in the environment that's caused by animal agriculture. And, and, we have, I mean, one thing we do have, we do have our favorite villain, which is the animal agriculture industry. One of the things that we try to say as much as we can is that we're not absolutists about it, but we'll just say, if you can just start moving, you know, you're supporting this horrible industry every time you eat meat. So if you should move it to the side of your plate or, you know, reduce it or eliminate it if you can. But, you know, there's there's a way through this. But it is. And I mean, that's things, you know, you can take climate change, which is based a large part on animal agriculture. And you could say that's what literally caused the whole civil war in Syria that's led to so much trouble because it changed their growing season. And, you know, destroyed their grain crops so that that grain crops to feed, not people, feed animals. And that's where all this stuff is into. Can I interrupt with just a second? Yes, yes. But all I'm saying is that we just try to do this from every single animal and every single angle that we can think of. I just want to clarify, we don't like ever, I don't think say reduce meat we will share news stories about and we'll 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 share statistics about what would happen if people reduce their consumption but we're not like i think it goes against our principles to even i like it may maybe john disagrees but i'm I'm, I'm not saying do this i'm i I say that i'm saying that if we did this it would have that effect right and we report on that and we we definitely you know, let the we want people to know that if we can empower people through knowledge, through recipes, through access, rather than kick them out of the club for not knowing everything instantly, <laughs> that would be a lot better for all of us. I think the animals would want us to be as effective as possible and hmm. as quickly as possible, you know, uh, not like finger point and 
you know, uh, just get into every little difference that we have. We've got to get serious about it, you know, and being as pragmatic as we can while holding true to our principles and our messaging. And, you know, I think you do that so beautifully, Karen. Thank you. you. Okay, we've got just not much time left, but what about this book you've put out celebrating your 25 years of Vegan Street? Can people get access to that? Yes. First, a quick description of the book. It is it is a 136-page ebook, which seems very uh, like we're really trying to trumpet ourselves more than we need to. But it, what we're doing is we put our 25 best-loved memes, our 25 best-loved recipes, and our 25 best-loved essays. And in the cases of the, the memes are all self-contained, and we have little explanations under each one. The recipes, you know, normally if you go to click on a recipe, you have to click on the recipe to get it, but these are in the book with that. So there's a little mini cook, a recipe book in the cookbook in there. And then we have 25 of Marla's recipe, our essays in full. I'm not not murdering anymore. You know, the the, how can people get this book? (laughs) Okay, so that's what I was going to get to is that (laughs) right now we have a Patreon page and if you just go to Patreon uh, for Vegan Street, patreon.com slash vegan street. Anybody who joins us on our Patreon at any level will get this book for free. So, and I think it's something we, just the book itself, we put a whole lot of time and effort into it. And also the knowledge that you're helping to support, you know, just a couple of people who have produced, you know, thousands of pieces of work, you know, in our spare time, you know, between paying jobs and that like, like, I, I think, and I'm sure you understand, Karen, like if you're good at something, people don't realize necessarily realize how much work it took you know they might think that it just pours out of you I do want people to understand that creators um, creatives whatever uh, people doing podcasts (laughs) it takes work it takes a lot of uh, takes research it takes planning it takes time out of paying jobs it takes all these things And like when I create a recipe, for example, I have to, you know, buy the ingredients. If it doesn't work the first time, I have to try it again, you know, blah, blah, blah. These things cost money and we need to value that, you know, Karen? (laughs) Amen. Yeah, we do. But that's not the way our society and capitalism works, or it doesn't work that way very well. But we persist. We persist. Yet she persisted. Yet she persisted. (laughs) All right. Well, John and Marla, John Besky and Marla Rose, two awesome people, creators of Vegan Street and the soon to be enjoyed Root Riot. Dot. Thank you. Thank you for joining me on It's All About Food. Thank you for all that you do. We love love you, you, Karen. That's what it's all about. Love. Love. All about love. Yes, Yes. Yes. And love is the only answer. We've got it all solved. Love. We've got it all solved. Exactly. All right, everybody, have a delicious week.